You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for discussions happening around and about the Alamo City. I'm Zach, your favorite retirement advisor, host of SA Talk, and founder of the San Antonio Podcast Network here. Today is Monday, April 25th. Hope everyone is doing well out there. We got a great guest uh, joining me on the show today, David Michael Carbajal. He is an actor, writer, director here in San Antonio. Not born and raised, but he's living in San Antonio and has lived here for quite a while now. He'll be talking about some recent projects he's been working on, some of his proudest work, and um, some of the opinions he has on the uh, state of the film industry here in San Antonio and maybe how we can improve it. Uh, Before I get to that, I did want to let you guys know that um, the NLC cohort that I'm a part of that I've talked on a few podcasts previous to this, we will be hosting a fundraising event on June 8th. That's Wednesday, June 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Alamo Beer Company. We're going to have some giant Jenga, giant Connect Four, Cornhole. We'll be doing a presentation on this year's cohort and a lot of other information about NLC a lot of the production um, and success we've had as a cohort. Um, Each ticket will get you at least one, possibly even two free drinks there at Alamo Beer Company, some free food as well. will definitely get you in the door. Uh, Tickets are going for $30. If you want two, they're actually a little cheaper. They're for $50. Um, And then, of course, if you know any small businesses or you yourself maybe want to sponsor, there are some sponsorship tiers that not only get you tickets into the event, but get your name or brand or logo out there on banners, on websites, on social media. So if you're interested in this event or just want to go um, take advantage of this great networking opportunity, there's going to be some awesome leaders out there, not only from my cohort, um, but friends of people in my cohort, colleagues of people in my cohort joining us there at the event at Alamo Beer Company. Again, that's on June 8th, Wednesday, June 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. Alamo Beer Company. Just let me know. Shoot me a DM. Shoot me a text if you have my number. Just reach out to me if you're interested in purchasing tickets. Again, they are $30 per person, 50 if you're buying two. And if you have information, or I'm sorry, if you want some more information on the sponsorship tiers, again, just uh, reach out to me. That said, we have a great guest joining us. I don't want to take away from that awesome interview, so let's get right into it. All right, so welcome into the show. Joined here by David Michael Carbajal. Hi, David. How's it going? Doing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to get you on. I really haven't had anybody uh, on the show that can kind of speak to the film industry here in San Antonio. And I know, you know, you reach out to me on Instagram. It kind of piqued my interest. I was like, hey, finally, someone uh, in the industry to, to get here on the podcast. So I'm kind of interested in learning, not just about you, but also about the industry in general here in San Antonio. So um, I guess kind of kick us off and let the listeners know who you are and how you got into this industry. Absolutely. So I'm David Michael Carvajal. And the way I got into the industry, it was one of those things where, like you said, I reached out to you. Um, I didn't wait to get lucky, you know, I had ideas in my head, um, and then just put some plan of action behind it, went and pursued it. So I'm just somebody that's constantly in pursuit of my goals. So my goals make movies, market them on avenues such as one like this. And what really got me into it was honestly just the love of story. I love stories, love telling them, love writing them, stories and music, all of that's good stuff there. Did you do anything like in like in high school or maybe immediately after high school that kind of led you to this? Like any projects you worked on, maybe like little short YouTube videos or anything? That's, that's what it was. So I, I accidentally became a filmmaker. I wanted to be an actor. And for where I'm from, I'm from Nowheresville. 
Um, there's nothing to do acting wise. Um, so I would get my, my iPod, my whatever it is that I had, and I would make movies with my friends, not knowing what a short film was. So I thought they were skits. So I accidentally, I accidentally became a filmmaker. I was just always a writer and an actor. And I just started making my own work and moved to San Antonio. And um, sure enough, these things were called short films. And then I realized I can be my own production hub and I could make my own things. So I, I got into it. I stumbled upon filmmaking by accident. Other than that, I, I would have been in the merry-go-round of acting. So thankfully, <laughs> I stumbled upon it. I mean, what's that like? I mean, I guess going back to, I, I know you didn't exactly go down this route, but as far as an actor, I mean, would that require you to like move to LA or something? I mean, absolutely not. I mean, I think, I think some actors there, there's a big benefit in moving to LA, especially if, if you are, you know, extremely talented and you have that facet of, Hey, I'm going to be just an actor moving to LA, Georgia, Louisiana, New Mexico, New York. Um, those are all great things to do as if you're just an actor. Um, on my end, I feel like I have the liberty of not having to reroute myself or, or move the landscape that I love to see around me um, because I essentially get to create the world around me. If I wanna write a movie in California, I can put myself in California. I can put myself in, so we put ourselves in Terlingua. We put ourselves on race car tracks, uh, race tracks for cars. Um, so I'm in a really cool position where I, I do get to be fluid with my setting which I love. I mean, I would recommend that for everybody. I would recommend for everybody to write their own work. And so how have you grown in the industry? I mean, I guess, you know, you kind of alluded to accidentally stumbling upon this this career, if, if you will. And then, you know, to where you are now, you've worked on some projects. So how would you say you've progressed over time? So the filmmaking, I accidentally stumbled upon it. The acting, I've always, I mean, that's been my, that's been my, my passion it's like an inherent thing that I had inside me that I didn't know I wanted to do, but I was always pursuing it as a kid. I knew I was going to go straight from school to doing what we're doing here. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I had my objective in mind and that's all I was pursuing. How I got there didn't matter so long as I got there. Um, so I look back now, I mean, just looking back five years from when I started professionally, um, I, I feel like I've progressed very well because of, the mindset and the attitude that I have towards it, which is, this is a career that is not going to love you back. You know, it's, it's not going to take care of you, but what it will take care of is it's going to help you cover up the holes of creativity that we can fill essentially. Um, constantly creating goals and metrics for myself, you know, as, as much as, you know, you want to keep numbers away from the art. I feel like the art and the numbers is where we get to see visible results. So, I mean, just five years ago, I was making projects and just putting them on YouTube. Now we're making projects and we're doing more multimedia. So now I have projects on Amazon Prime, um, Spotify for multimedia. I have projects on uh, YouTube. There's still, there's still YouTube, Vimeo. Um, it's in film festivals. We've been internationally nominated many times. We've had screenings four years in a row and we sell out to more than just family and friends. We get real audience in there. So I look back and see the past five years, uh, the development I'm really proud of. And I'm, I'm excited for the next five years, honestly. Well, you kind of mentioned uh, that you've been working on some projects over the last few years, some of them internationally nominated. So kind of get into some of those projects or what, what have been some of the projects that you've worked on you've been most proud of? Big Red, White and Blue. 
So the big red, white, and blue, I sent you that one actually. Uh, that's the one that I sent. So that's the one that got it internationally nominated. So essentially that one, we took Seth Magania and I, he's the director, uh, great guy. He's one of my, he's my producing partner as well. Uh, essentially we took a concept, the JFK assassination and told it from a completely different direction. So as opposed to telling it from the direction of JFK, the president or the, or the, the prosecution, so the people in the hunt of the assassinators, we told the story from the vision and the perspective of the assassinators, the, uh, who did the job, who pulled the trigger. And we basically created our own conspiracy and weaved it all together and we made this short film and it's been well received thus far. And it's, it's been my proudest work as of late. And, and where can some of the listeners find, I guess, that, that one in particular since you're talking about it? The big red, white, and blue, I would say if somebody wants to watch it, to message me directly, because we've got some big plans for it, actually. We have a platform that's going to be released um, probably in the, the third quarter of this year. And this platform is going to basically house a lot of our films that are already outside of the film festival routes and ready to start being just mass watched, essentially. Um, so we have the big red, white, and blue. Um, recently, I did a feature film that's currently still being edited. It's called Fall Dogs. It's a Jack Town story. So I franchised the character and basically this character is a private detective and this private detective is going around solving cases of housing fraud, especially here locally, just because um, with all the development, you know, within the 30 mile radius of San Antonio, I just figured, hey, let's do a story where somebody gets their property taken. That's how all these houses get being, get developed. So that film's called Fall Dogs. That should be coming out later this year as well. Um, and then my latest project they can find on Spotify, it's a sonic cinematic experience. What that is, it's right in cell block 95. So it's a prison escape that it's basically all sonic. So it's not visual. It's not an audio book. It's much more immersive and that everybody can listen to on Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, and YouTube. Yeah. And so for the listeners, obviously I'm going to put, uh, that link in the show notes, I'll kind of promote it throughout the week as you know, you're listening to this now, but of course, once you're done listening, you can go check it out on social media. Um, but just, if you have Spotify, I mean, just look up Riot and Cell Block 95. And of course on Instagram, I know David mentioned you can reach out to him, but you can find him at David M Carbajal 34. That's three, four on Instagram. Uh, but David, you know, what were some early challenges that you faced in this industry? You know, early on in your childhood, you kind of saw yourself, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. You know, what were some of those challenges, like maybe not finding a job or not anybody accepting act actors? Like just talk about some of those challenges you faced. So the biggest challenge that I faced was, I mean, it's it's the man in the mirror. It's the man here across this Zoom. It's getting through to myself and, you know, accepting there's going to be rejection. There's going to be people who don't feel that you fit right for a part. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be an actor. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be a filmmaker. You're just not right for that part. And it's getting through those personal, well, th those external objections and continuing to tell myself, hey, this is what I'm meant for. This is what I'm doing. Everything in my bones and DNA is telling me to keep plowing ahead. Um, so the challenge is that as an artist, if you're listening, you're going to face rejection. Um, you're going to face the, the social economics of where you live. So we're in San Antonio, you know, so roles don't just fall off of trees you either really got to be hunting for it so that was a real difficult one is when I first got started is where the hell do I get started um, 
and there's thankfully there was a website at the time um i can't remember the website off the top of my head it's extinct now um but that's where i found local filmmakers and i got to be a part of my very first short film way back in 2016 um and that specific website put me in a pool of filmmakers and then from there you have to make you have to be self-aware enough to be like okay you're in a pool of these people who do these things you know gravitate to them grab them and you know make something happen out of this so i would say the biggest challenge was 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 the obstacle of self i would say in a lot of industries and a lot of roles that that can be really hard just getting out of your own way um and 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 it really can be I'll, i'll attest to that even i'm on my front, you know, just being a, a financial advisor, an insurance agent, like, you know, my job is sales technically. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just getting out of my own way, being nervous or uh, facing rejection and learning how to deal with rejection. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure in any, in the, I mean, in any industry, but I'm sure in acting for sure, um, that can be really tough. I mean, I know when I first started podcasting, um, and of course, we're just talking about audio at that point, but I hated the sound of my voice. But uh-huh. as I edited more of the audio and I listened to episodes, because I listened to every episode after I release it, I just tended to, I, you kind of deal with it, right? And you get over it. And I'm sure with acting, I would hate seeing myself. I, I don't, I'm not a very, uh, uh, I don't like taking pictures <laughs> of myself. So I'm sure I'd be the same way with video. I wouldn't like seeing myself on video, but you know, I'm sure you uh-huh. get over that, right? Um, and yeah. you learn how to deal with it. Oh, what you could do is you could adapt. So I would say adapt to the technology. You could do what T Pain does, just auto tune your voice. You know, that'd be that'd be really <laughs> that'd be pretty unique for your podcast. That would be uh, that would be. Well, you kind of spoke to San Antonio, and you, you know, you mentioned that it was kind of like where do I start, right? And I don't know. I don't think it was the same website. I know San Antonio nowadays has they have actual websites um, from their. I believe it's their Department of Arts and Culture. Um, that they have, I think it's filmsanantonio.com. You can look up like locations and production directories. You can get film permits. So there's a lot of help out there. But that said, San Antonio isn't where they want to be. And I'm sure you can agree with that in in terms of um, the film industry. And I think we've gotten better as a city. But if you had to kind of give your own opinion of where the city stands in terms of this industry, I mean, what would you say about, about San Antonio? I would say that San Antonio is a place, my, my philosophy and perspective towards San Antonio is, is it's a place to get started. It's not a place to finish. And the reason is, is because of the, I mean, the, where we live, what's around us in our surrounding areas. Um, San Antonio, it's, it's a beautiful city. I love, I love living here and I, don't, I plan to live here for as long as I could and then just hub my productions elsewhere. Um, because living here, it's great, but I would say filmmaking wise, it's difficult because it's like crabs coming out of a barrel. You know, it's, it's really hard to make a really good production when you have crews and actors who don't take it as serious because we're not Hollywood. So no call, no shows, showing up three hours late to set. And I'm talking paid gigs here, you know, like I'm not saying like nobody's working for free on a defiant motion picture. You know, people are getting paid. I'm trying to, you know, we try to pay handsomely. Um, but if it's not being reciprocated, we're never going to get out of it. No one's ever going to take it seriously. And that's my perspective with it is it's until the filmmakers themselves take it seriously. 
is it going to be something? And that as well, taking ownership of your project and not waiting for San Antonio to, to get their money, wherever they get the, wherever they get their money for, for funding, not waiting for that to tell your story, you know, like we never wait for funding. We've never been outside funded. You know, we self-finance our own productions because no one else is going to bet on us the way we're going to bet on ourselves. So, you know, if, if you're counting on somebody to give you some luck, you're going to be counting. And by the time you realize it, you're in your, you know, late fifties, sixties, something, and it's too late, you know? So we have to, we have to bring it in ourselves. So I have to put a production together, put it in San Antonio and trust the process. And quite frankly, it's that I trust. Do you feel like it's gotten better over time here in San Antonio? Because I know like on movie, I was looking it up before we hopped on the recording and I know like on moviemaker.com and you know, the business journal has done an article on this. San Antonio magazine has done an article the next year on this, but like it ranks outside of LA and New York because those are, you'll just never be able to beat those locations. But outside of those two major cities, they'd list all the other cities that are uh, best in quotation, air quotations there for, for filmmakers. And I think it was in 2020, we were ranked number 20. And then in last year we were ranked 22. So you would argue it got worse, right? Going from 20 to 22. And then this year, this past year, the, the recent rankings come out and we're still at 22. So, I mean, you could argue like, hey, we're at least in the top 25, but at the same time, we're the seventh largest city in the country being in the top 25. You know, we should be much higher. I agree. And one of the reasons, I mean, you, you listed off some some magazine outlets. And the thing is, is a lot of these outlets locally, you know, they'll 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 speak. To, I feel like they'll ride the coattail of the word filmmaking and they'll tag themselves to, you know, some actor who's in The Mandalorian or a big production who's raised in San Antonio. Um, and they'll, they'll hold on to that and they'll show support to that. But I mean, just reaching out to these companies and, you know, trying to work direct with them, like, Hey, we got some homegrown work here. That's rooted. There's no support system for, for filmmakers. Unfortunately, we're helping ourselves, which is great. It's a, it, within the community, most of us are trying to help each other out um, outside of the community that outreach is real difficult. And that's one of the reasons why we'll probably stay 22 because we'll probably get to 25 or 26 in my opinion, because there's some really great filmmakers, but we're, we don't get the reception from the community and that's fine, but you've got to have, we're talking about challenges. That's the challenge right there. What do you do when your community's kind of turned around and it's focused on TikToks and you know Instagram things that are of the mainstream and it's completely ignoring its home roots. You know, we've got great filmmakers putting things out there. I think uh, I have a buddy of mine, Amadeo Rivas. He just put together a whole premiere for himself at Alamo city studios for a pilot that he did. It's based in San Antonio. It's in the nineties. It's an excellent product. And, you know, hopefully we get some, he gets some reception on that and and is able to put San Antonio for himself on the map. But I, I heard about like, that. I heard about that production. I think they did some filming like on St. Mary's too. Or... Yeah. yeah, they were on. Yeah, really cool guys. They're, they're really cool guys. I love I love the way they marketed everything. Young guys, you know, they got a lot of tenacity, a lot of iron in their blood. Um, so I would say the community itself, San Antonio, it, it can be top 10. It's got the potential. It's got the locations. 
it's got the workers, the city itself just has to accept us because there's some really talented, intelligent individuals in here making, making products. Um, but unfortunately, the moment we get the opportunity, you know, we're out of San Antonio because you got places like Georgia who accept you. What do you think that the city and, and, and hey, maybe sometimes it's the state too that can help. But what do you think the, that we can do, the city, the people in it, like to, to improve that here in San Antonio? I think that it applies to the filmmaker. Um, we're really gung-ho on making a movie, shooting it, and putting it all together. But where a lot of the ball gets dropped is the marketing getting putting yourself out there you know not everybody's gonna come across your ad on instagram you know we got to get boots to the ground and and do some real tactical marketing to get people who you know otherwise are not going to be a part of your circle or the film community circle and with a tangible handshake you know the person-to-person eye contact bring them into your movie, you know, really old school with it. It's got to be real old school marketing right now because everybody's looking at their phones, but there's so many different clicks and circles and algorithms that you might not come across somebody who'd be a real big fan of your work. So I would say as the filmmaker, as a creative, um, where we can get better is branding ourselves, brand your product, brand your production company and brand yourself. Most of all, what do you think would attract you know, people and filmmakers here in San Antonio, because I know you touched on it uh, when we were kind of messaging back and forth on Instagram, but just in general, I think in the past, the projects that have been here in San Antonio, you know, people focus on the culture, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a huge attraction, I guess you would say, if, if yeah. people are going to film here, you know, do you think that's it? Like, is that is that what we kind of bring to the table is the culture? I think if we're if we're placing our bets on our culture, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's limited. I mean, there's, there's really only so many stories that we can tell. I think what I love about San Antonio is how diverse it is. I mean, we've got everything here. On my, on my job outside of work, I'm, I'm meeting homeowners um, and there's so many different races and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing uh, that we get to be a blending pot of that here in San Antonio. So I think what it is, it's you know finding, that, finding those stories and your backdrop just so happens to be San Antonio and you get to rely on the culture and be a folk hero in that end, you know, locally, like as opposed to thinking internationally, you know, it's let's think local. What could we do for the community? What could we do to give back? What's what's a local story of, a, of, of somebody here who's done some real work, you know, for the community that we can tell a story about and tell San Antonio stories, I would say. I mean, how, how do you think that would help San Antonio? I mean, it. like the economy? Do you think it would help bring jobs, things like that? I mean, how else would it help it? I I guess exposure too, right? People would see San Antonio outside of people who have been here. So one of the things that I really pride myself in with our, with our company, it's going to the economy of things. So, I mean, when we put a defined motion picture together, I mean, we're getting not only crew for, for our film actors, what we're doing is bringing into the economy by getting, you know, hotels, local restaurants, um, local clothing brands so when we get clothes for our films you know i make sure that we get local stuff like let's what we wear on the screen is going to be projected forever in this case you know let's have it be from somebody like you know one of my favorite local people they have a store called richter goods 
you know, it's get all my clothes there and I'm going to wear them in the film because it's going to help a local company. It's going to help us all out. Just you keep the economy in here, let it grow in here. And it should grow that way, in my opinion. Honestly, I mean, it's something I, I know I want to see because I, I think of I think of projects like uh, like Breaking Bad, for example. Right. And, and again, this is coming from a casual TV show movie watcher. Right. I see this 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 show, this popular one of the most popular shows out there, especially on Netflix. Right. Or AMC is when it first came out. But it's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a smaller town, not, not that it's tiny, but a smaller town. Right. And then I think of San Antonio being the seventh largest city in the country. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, why not us? Right. I, I think yeah. of those things and I'm like, okay. And there's a ton of movies out there that don't necessarily focus on, cause I get it. Some films, they like showing the big shots of downtown LA or, or Manhattan. And I get that, you know, showing a big urban downtown area can be really popular. I'm sure it can look, it can look nice on film. But there's a lot of films and and TV shows out there that are in the suburbs, for example. And it's like, why not film that here? And so I know something I think about is like, well, maybe if the city or businesses had some kind of incentives, and I know they do. I know they have some incentives. I think in that article on MovieMaker.com, they kind of talked about the whole reason, honestly, why San Antonio is even in the top 25 is because they have some of those incentives, but okay, well, what more can we do though? You know, because we have a low cost of living. I'm sure if we had a film crew coming from wherever, Georgia, okay, or New York or wherever they're living, I mean, it's going to be fairly cheap to stay here in San Antonio. Um, you know, things like that. It's like, okay, well, how can we attract them in that way? Like, Hey, low costs to come film here. Um, because I think it can be done. I just don't, like you said, David, I think there needs to be more boots on the ground, handshakes being made, people reaching out person to person, inviting them to come down here to San Antonio and check it out. And my perspective is, my perspective is I don't want them to come. You know what I mean? Like what I want to do is I want to get their investment and bring their investment here. Cause a person from Albuquerque, New Mexico couldn't tell the San Antonio story or they wouldn't know how to use San Antonio as a, as a character. So like how you were talking about, you know, the, the big backdrops and everything. When we see Michael Mann, he's a director, he's done Heat, um, Collateral, a lot of great film, Thief, um, a lot of really good films. He uses LA and Chicago a lot in his backdrops. But what he does real well is the way he tells the story and, and the symmetry in, in his shot direction is the city becomes a character and B-roll and, and the backdrop, the audience has no idea that they're, you know, being entranced in this, but the city's been, the city's been created into a character. And I think what we have to do is, as opposed to, like I said, waiting on the city to give us, you know, when we're talking feature films, it's a, it's a blessing to get an opportunity to get $5,000 for your project. But I mean, $5,000 doesn't even cover our cinematographer. You know what I mean? So it's like for two weeks of shooting, so it's let's go out there, boots to the ground, you know, get a investment that we need, bring it into town, and then we tell our story. And that's what we're doing right now with, um, we just opened up another production company, um, 42nd Street Pictures, we're, in, we're a new LLC. So it's a derivative of Defiant Motion Pictures, but now what we're doing is working on getting bigger fish investments, bringing them over here to shoot our product. 
Um, and it might not even be San Antonio that's the city in the film, but once we show that we can use the city as, as a successful backdrop and we make it a really attractive landscape, it could be one of those things that once it's out in the open, it's, hey, this was shot in San Antonio. It's relatively low cost to shoot here because we do have great locations. We do have great areas. And, you know, unlike California to, to, to shoot at a location, I mean, it's like $1,000 to rent for a few hours when as opposed to here, um, I mean, sometimes I'll meet a location owner and they'll just give me the keys to their restaurant. So shout out to Taco Haven. Um, shout out to Taco Haven. I just, I meet the guy, shake his hand. He gives me the keys to his restaurant and I have the location, you know, for a couple hundred dollars. Um, but I mean, we're talking a full location. So we have a really friendly Texas minded mentality, but I feel like the reason those other guys don't come over here anymore, it's tax incentives. I think New Mexico, Georgia, Louisiana, they all kind of have it built into their own economy, their own structure. And the, my focus on bringing the money out there over here is we don't have control over what, you know, Greg Abbott does, what he decides to, to put into play or not put into play. So if I write a story and I think it's the best story that I've ever told that I want to tell, but I don't tell it because Greg Abbott doesn't allow for companies to come out here. The real loser is me for not finding another way to tell it. And that's where we start to become more multimedia uh, in terms of our mindset. And we put things on Spotify. We don't have the budget to tell something we want to tell right now, especially in right now we're in a microwave society. You know, we want our projects done today, now, and yesterday. It's find somewhere else to put it. So we have a prison escape. And in this prison escape, we want to tell it visually, but if the best thing we got to our resources, what do we have with our current capabilities is I've got one of the best sound mixers and sound engineers, uh, Esteban, uh, Esteban Rodriguez, and he works locally. Well, I'm, him and I are going to put together a product that's going to sound like a movie, feel like a movie, immerse it like a movie, tell a story like a movie, but we're going to put it on Spotify. And then we're going to create our own score. We're going to put our own Foley in there. And the reception that we've gotten from it has been, has been incredible. And just a plug for him, it's Production Sound Texas on Instagram. Um, but he's one of the best. And if that's in your capabilities, do what's in your capabilities. And always work to do 10% more of what you can't do. I know you kind of referred there to the riot in cell block 95, I'm assuming, with the prison escape, right? Yeah, um, so kind of, kind of, you know, talk to that um, as we kind of wrap up the interview here, David, just to kind of plug in, um, obviously plug in where we can find you, right? Um, or any other projects for Defiant Motion Pictures, but then also talk about this recent project. So right in cell block 95, it's a prison escape. It's, you can find it on Spotify, but it's not just a prison escape where the foundation is, is I'm in sales myself. So a lot of the learning lessons that we have facing a lot of objections, rejections, um, I'm, we have a really successful company in Alamo Water Softeners um, and bringing in a million dollars to the city, not to the city, but to the company for the past you know, four consecutive years. Um, but then we come into acting and filmmaking, face nothing but rejection. It's, it's a really strange dichotomy. Uh, but the way Riot started is its foundation is in mental health. So, I mean, our generation, our generation, it's really strange because we're battling you know, these invisible fears 
that are inside our heads. And it's really sad to see, you know, we've lost a lot of, I've personally lost too many people that I know, you know, to suicide. Um, personally deal with, you know, mental health myself, but what you do is take action with it. So the foundation of right and cell block 95 is just getting out of your own way. That's cell block, you know, that's that cell blocks in here and the riots in here, the riots in my mind, you know, trying to get out. So 95 is just another word. It's just another, I'm, I was born in 1995. So that's kind of how I just got put together. So telling a story with those foundations and then it's prison escape, you know, just hiding it, hiding those foundations as to how I got myself out of, you know, the holes that I was in by taking action, you know, not getting comfortable being in your own cell. Sometimes that cell is real dark, but it's real comfortable and you don't want to get out. It feels too good. You've made a home in it, but we have a character in right in cell block 95 called 37 and he's actively trying to get out no matter what obstacles, no matter who's trying to, to stop the, stop the brigade, he's constantly trying to get out of this prison which is on my end, action breeds activity. So the best way anybody can get out of a hole they're in is fail fast, fail hard, because there's success there along the way. And that's on Spotify. Really, really proud of that work there. Really, that's probably my proudest work. And I'm curious to know, David, just because as a as a content creator myself, you know, here at the podcast, I'm curious to know, you know, we look at this and it says 34 minutes and 32 seconds. Right. And people see that and they're like, okay, it's just 30 minutes, right? 34 minutes. But I'm curious to know how long did it take you to produce that? Like the work that went into it. That's a great, that's just like this. Yeah. Uh, So it took me a month to write. Then it took me two days to rewrite. And then Esteban and I, we worked on that from December the 14th to January 30th just in the studio, mixing everything, recording everything, re-recording. Uh, him and I made the score. So it took about a total of four months to produce everything. So four months of my life and then 30, 34 minutes is what it is. And it's probably the best 34 minutes that that, that I've had in four months. It's because I love it. Well, and, and the reason I asked too is because it's so, it's so awesome to hear that. Um, again, because, and not, not to take any credit from you, because that's, I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of work you put into that compared to the little bit of audio editing that I put into the podcast. But, you know, it's amazing hearing that because, you know, in your industry, that's across the board. Like you talk about movies and projects that are put together that are, might come out to only be an hour long, right? Or an hour and a half. And then of course you have your longer movies that are closer to two hours but like the amount of time that goes into the idea stage and the writing and the editing and the, you know, the filming, things like that, the editing of the film, like all this work and all this time gets put into this project and then it ends up being like an hour and a half. Right. And people just see that they're like, okay, well that was, that was a short movie. You know, it's like, well, you don't know all the amount of time. So it's just so admirable first, you know, just to kind of say of you, but just of the industry in general, um, of, of the work that you, that you guys do. So that's cool. I appreciate you, man, for putting together the network and having an outlet for me to come on and speak to these projects on, because we need guys like you. Cause like I said, I mean, we have the, we have the guys, you know, the newspapers, the magazines, but I mean, 
filmmaking is nowhere to be found and it's not for a lack of trying. Um, it's more so the name recognition. So, you know, I'm real big on betting on myself. And I think guys like you giving me this platform to be able to speak to and, and gravitate to, it's really important, you know? And, and like you said, no one sees the hard work. Uh, I'm really big on time. Like time is for the wise. And I know you also working in finances, um, time, it, it gets consuming, you know, you're, you're dealing with people's money, you're dealing with people's investments. So you get pretty tired at the end of the day and to be like, man, I got to talk to friggin' David, you know, on this podcast, like you, but you bring in the best version of yourself to it and you put it together and like, that's a win in and of itself. So to me, it's like, if I could do just one hour of writing, 10 minutes of reading, um, what, what, 30 minutes of cold emailing, you know, Instagram messages, production companies, things like that. If I could do that, I'm creating an action that breeds activity. And here we are, you know, thankfully I took those 30 minutes the other day to, to search for avenues to, to speak, you know, get a platform and here you are, you know, making an acquaintance together. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, I've never considered myself to be a creative person, but this is my mini creative outlet. But um, David, thank you so much for, for, for coming on and speak to me about the film industry. And of course your experiences, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, again, listeners, you can go find that recent project right in cell block 95 on Spotify. And of course you can find David at David M Carbajal three, four on Instagram. Um, so go check him out on that. David, any more places that they can find you? Um, they can find my old work. If anybody wants to see a bank heist, a long lonesome go on Amazon. Um, that's basically all I use. Uh, if you need a water softener, give me a call too. I'll have a water <laughs> softener. David. I appreciate, I appreciate the hustle there. So thank you, David. And I'll speak to you soon. That's going to wrap up my interview with David Michael Carbajal. I hope you all enjoyed the interview on this episode. It's also going to wrap up another episode of SA Talk. And I want to give a huge thank you to all the repeat listeners, those day ones out there that have been staying tuned to this podcast, uh, staying tuned to updates on the San Antonio Podcast Network and all the work I've been doing and we've been doing here. Um, I also want to give a warm welcome to any of the new listeners that we brought on for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I would really, really encourage you to go back and listen to previous interviews on this podcast. I'm absolutely 110% sure that you would enjoy it. I would also encourage you, if you're a new listener, to check out some of the other series on here, Searching for San Antonio. I can tell you right now, uh, without giving too much detail, that there will be some pretty cool series coming to the San Antonio Podcast Network. Some pretty cool changes as well coming soon to the Podcast Network. So stay tuned for that. Um, give a rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. That always helps the podcast get visibility exposure on Apple Podcasts. So definitely do that. Um, give a follow on Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you want to follow me, you can find me at Zach SB Advisor on Twitter and Facebook. You can also send me a connection on LinkedIn. I'd be more than happy to talk to you um, and connect with you. Always looking to connect with awesome people here in San Antonio. If you're a business owner or you know a business owner that would like to advertise with this awesome podcast, please reach out to me. You can reach me at Zachary, that's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, at sapodnetwork.com. Thank you all again. Have a wonderful week. See you again next week and Viva San Antonio. Mm -hmm.